Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Falling Forward with Dan Lassac, episode 34. Dan Lassac, that's me. That's me talking. I hope you're all staying well staying safe and uh, staying the fucking doors none of that conga line bullshit for you lot this week's episode is is great basically i'll just say it now i'll just say it up front it's a great episode you should listen to it well you already are but you know what i mean it's a very open and honest conversation with game developer edmund mcmillan who's responsible for at least two of my top 10 games of all time and um between bombo Binding of Isaac, End is Nigh, and Meat Boy has probably taken 5,000 hours of my life. Um, And those 5,000 hours, I'm not going to get back. But I'll be honest, I don't want them back. I'm very happy with the way I spent that time. And thankfully, it was a very frank conversation. Usually when someone's promoting something, Edmund's currently working on the Tapeworm card game Kickstarter, so he's got to plug that. We make sure we get it plugged. But often that's all the conversation becomes about um but no this went everywhere this went into old work new work future work but also the things behind that which i was really grateful for because i do genuinely worry when someone is currently promoting a thing that that's all they're going to talk about and i want these conversations to be more than that but no it was everything which is dope for me and you'll once you listen to it go yeah no dan that was very good that was very good i expect tweets on that but definitely check out the tapeworm kickstarter or the dick knots website and you should look up dick knots up on youtube as well i'm not going to explain what it is i'm just going to say dick knots over and over again um anyway to the plugs uh this week's music comes from the circular soundtracks that i made for mike bithel they're on my band camp and I'm playing those entirely just in case some form of game developer wants to check out Edmund chatting and then stumbles onto me. Oh, this Dan Lassac guy makes video game music. We should check him out. He sounds like he's desperate and cheap. So yeah, marketing guys, marketing. If you want to support the podcast, either jump onto my Bandcamp. There's like eight albums on there now with a ninth dropping on June 5th. DanLassac.Bandcamp.com or jump over to patreon.com forward slash danlasack where you get no perks, no benefits uh, at all. Nothing. You get nothing except knowing that this podcast exists because you give me money. So do that as well. 
really good at selling myself and the things I do, guys. I think that's everything I wanted to say. Yeah, it must be it. Rate, comment, and subscribe, or whatever you do on podcasts. Tell your friends. Enjoy the conversation. I'm seriously, start. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Now, enjoy. This is, it's really loose. It's really informal. This, so. Don't tell anybody, but I'm also loose and informal. That's where we'll start. I'll just uh, cut in on that line. That's perfect. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Just tell me when you want me to start recording in Audacity. Yeah, yeah. Hit record. Go for it. All right. You've missed so much cold already. (laughs) Well, if your audio is good on your end, you got it. Yeah, the, the whole remote recording makes me super paranoid. You just don't want to miss anything. Yeah, I know. I've... I've heard that. I've heard that many times. Have you uh, had a lot of Zoom calls? Is this been your life lately? Um, I mean, not specifically Zoom. My uh, my daughter's school did Zoom stuff or tried to, but like our schedule flew away. <laughs> like uh, we were actually in quarantine for a week before everybody got locked down. Yeah, because. My uh, my wife was sick and our daughter was sick. We might have gotten the coronavirus. We don't know. But um, we were both really sick. And then I got sick um, right after that. But um, yeah, we, we think there was two. It was like 1030 were the, were the Zoom calls for her school. Mm. And she did two. And by that time, 1030 was way too way too early for us and now we're waking up at two <laughs> so i mean this is kind of expected we we we've had a crazy schedule for forever like i think ever since i started just not having a real job which was probably in like the mid 
2000s, mm. my, our schedule just floated away. Like it just, it goes with whenever we feel like waking up and we usually fix it whenever there's like a, if there's some, some sort of upcoming thing that we need to be at early in the morning, then we just stay up really, really like for two days and flip the schedule around. It sort of seems to be a thing with gaming anyway. Like anything gaming related seems to be uh, something that happens in the dark. So- yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're a hardcore gamer or a game developer, you're probably used to very unhealthy lifestyle choices. So mm. <laughs> it's, one, it's one of the ones that I, uh, I'm uh, guilty of. I think being the other side of the pond, you end up playing with Americans because there seems to be a, an American out there playing whatever game you want to be playing. Yeah. So 5am, you're just there with someone from like Virginia shouting at you for not shooting a specific thing. Which is good. It's a good part of your life to be in, to be berated <laughs> by men from Virginia. Sorry, this is getting personal. I should save this for therapy. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I understand. I, I'm, I'm currently working with, we're so all over the place. Mm. So, yeah, sometimes it's difficult to sync up with everybody, but it happens. We should we should say your name uh, at the start. So, listen. Edmund. This is Edmund. <laughs> I just found yeah. him on the internet, on, on the forums. Um, <laughs> and we should, before we even get into it, we should get the plug in. All right. Let's plug what you're doing now. Because people switch off, you know. They get 20 minutes Yeah, in for sure. You got to get them You gotta get them before we get real boring. Yeah. Oh, oh we missed the opportunity. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> we failed. Uh, yeah, I'm Edmund McMillan. I made a bunch of video games. Most people know me for Super Meat Boy and The Binding of Isaac. Um, I've done this. I'm working on a Kickstarter. It's the second Kickstarter I've done for a physical card game called tapeworm. And, um, there's also an extra naughty version of it called dick knots. Oh, so that I, I haven't watched the uh, YouTube video. I intended to watch it. There's a note there for dick. Knots, no, you gotta watch it. And I didn't watch it. So I'm going to have to watch that it's afterwards like, now. It's honestly my favorite part of the Kickstarter. <laughs> I, I really like it's, it's pretty fun to work. So I'm working with um, a company called Studio 71. They're a corporate company, and they they represent they, they usually represent um, YouTubers, like influencers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and ages ago, they approached me. Somebody somebody there who is no longer there was like a really big fan of mine. They wanted to work with me on something, and they're like, "Hey, how about what? Is there any way we can just license the IP for Binding of Isaac?" And I was like, "No." That's totally not going to happen. They're like, we just want to make a board game or whatever else. I'm like, that sounds like a terrible idea. No. <laughs> um, and then like a year later, um, I was sick. I was sick with the flu. I was really bored and I wanted something to do. And it just popped into my head. I was just like, well, if I like, if I did make, like, could I make the Binding of Isaac into a board game? And it's like, well, maybe a, like a card game, like something like Magic or, mm. or, you know, something like that. And I was thinking about it and all kind of just, started coming together and it started to become fun. And then within a day I was prototyping it with my wife. We were playing, you know, one V one. And, um, a week later I just called him. I picked him back, you know, picked up, I didn't pick up the phone. I picked up an email. <laughs> I read an email and I was like, Hey, I picked up the email and I said, Hey, is the offer still on the table? Because I do not want to deal with any of the business side and production side of this at all. <laughs> yeah. This is, that was a nightmare that I wouldn't want to cross. I can't imagine um, the levels of, uh, intricacy that go into it like uh, i don't even want to think about it any form of physical manufacture because there's a point at which you press a button and that's it you you can't change it now 
this is being pressed like people are yeah and that's that that doesn't worry me as much because i've got a lot of eyes on it Mm. um and i'm really anal about that sort of stuff but just this logistics of the production of the financial side of things of making something worth it um getting stuff shipped getting a warehouse Mm. to hold the stuff that's being shipped freighting it um card you know card quality and all that stuff like that like i don't want to i don't want to i don't want to know about this (laughs) (laughs) it's just like like going going into game design i remember when um when i started making flash games i started out with you know trying to learn some scripting so i knew some basic programming and um the moment i started working with a programmer i was like good because i never ever wanted to learn how to do this like i'm done this is not something for me I'm not going to do it. It it brings me no joy. Um, So that, I mean, that's the whole point of working with studio 71. But the, the funny thing about this now is the fact that I get this sick pleasure in knowing that I'm pitching these completely inappropriate things to us, this standup company who does standup things, you know? And like my guy there, his name's Javon. Um, he has to go and get approval from the heads of the company for things. And he literally has to go in with documentation showing, okay, well, so we're going to try to do this thing. It's called Dick knots. And here's what the dicks look like. And this one has a foreskin and then they dock and like, (laughs) and he has to get all this approval that it's, you know, make sure it's okay to put a studio 71 brand on it. And somehow that (laughs) I can can just see some old, accountant guy just in that meeting nodding like yeah it, it, it feels like that must mean yeah, something like, to the kids <laughs> all these kids are dick nodding these days <laughs> it's like youtubing <laughs> yeah it yeah it's fun it's fun i mean I, I honestly i'm doing i do the kickstarters because it's fun like the the financial gain um like I, the last kickstarter i did the four souls binding of isaac card game kickstarter made like almost three million mm. and people are like holy shit that's crazy. And it's like, well, my take, my take of that in the end is very small. Like, 20 like I ended up making as much, yeah. <laughs> I ended up making as much as the artists that I paid, you know, got paid. Um, which is, it's fine because it was super fun and I can still make profit, you know, on the, on the back end. Like if it actually at post Kickstarter, you can make more of a profit off of that. Yeah. Because you're, you're basically ordering in bulk, mm-hmm. um, to get it, to get it cheap. Um, but, um, why Kickstarter in the first place? Cause you, you've obviously had, a few successful games. You've got yeah. a name that can get you into a, a room of someone that would pay for it if you wanted to go that I, way. What's the attraction? Yeah, uh, more with I think I think it's the um, the campaign, like the the fan interaction. Like mm. it really is. Like I can't tell you. Like it's really fun. Like I, I I have such fond memories of the first one, and I'm loving this one. I don't know what it is. Like it's it's. Um, I don't know, like the closest thing I'd come to going on tour, if mm-hmm. that makes any sense. No, like, that makes sense. There's some, there's some sort of like very social, very interactive, very thinking on my feet, improvising and having fun and, and interacting with people and like riffing back and forth on it. Like some people give me shit. They're like, you've, you've had success. Why didn't you just print this yourself and sell it? And that's definitely something that we can do. But realistically, Kickstarter is used for two things now. It's mostly used this way. Like you look at like, like Gloomhaven and um, like Gloomhaven was a huge game that they just made a sequel to and it, and it broke all the records, made like $13 million. They didn't need to (laughs) do a Kickstarter. It's like, but doing the Kickstarter, they broke records and made more money than they would not. Mm. So it's, it's um, 
Kickstarter is mostly used as a way to gauge how many people are down with this product. So how, how many copies of this should we make? And it's also a way when you go over, when you go over what you assumed you would make, then you can supplement and um, give people extra cool things. And uh, that's why that's why people do it. I mean, people Kickstarter is obviously still used for people with rough ideas that they want to flesh out. But I would never go to Kickstarter mm-hmm. with it, an idea. You know what I mean? Like I, I always swore up and down I would never use Kickstarter to kickstart a video game because that's such a terrible idea. I would never like want to be under the under the eyes and have the responsibility of of executing something the way a bunch of you know thousands of people want. Mm. You know, I I, I want to make what I want to make, and that's it. And you do um, see game but, Kickstarters go horribly for sure. wrong. Like, for you sure. just, as the money rolls in, people go, oh, we can add multiplayer. You, you, but you didn't need yeah. it. You yeah. didn't need to be in there, guys. You know, and it just expands and expands into... For sure. Yeah. And I know quite a few people who have never released their Kickstarter games that got fully funded. Mm. And they are they look back and they feel like that's the biggest regret mm. of their lives. Like they are constantly being called scam artists. They're constantly, you know, shit just goes wrong all the time. But for something like this, like I would never go into the situation if I wasn't a hundred percent positive that all this stuff already works Mm. and it was already ready to go. Like we can, we can almost print it. I mean now, so I, our goal was 25,000 and we, I think we hit like a hundred. I don't even know what we, we broke that in like the first three minutes of the Kickstarter being open. Um, and then we, we always talk about like, what, what would, what would we be happy with finishing? You know, what would, what would enable us to unlock X, Y, Z if we did hit this goal hypothetically. And for me, it was like, if we, if this game makes a hundred grand, I, I, that would be okay. Mm. Like that would be okay for me. And if it made two fifty, then it would be amazing. Like that would be great. Then I'd be totally happy with it. And we're sitting at like 615,000. And it's and we have like three weeks left. Nice. So, so I did not expect this at all. I mean, it's not Isaac. You know what I mean? Like, and I tried so hard to make sure that the Isaac people would like. I put in a bunch of promos that tie the games together just to get those people in, in hopes that like that maybe that would entice people to play this game. But it turns out people actually really like the concept of Tapeworm, mm. um, and it's selling. It's selling kind of by itself. So we're getting a lot of this pushback saying like, "Don't know who the fuck Edmund McMillan is. I don't know what the Binding of Isaac is." <laughs> You know what's all this? We've joked about dick knots, but I can I can imagine tapeworm being played by kids. Like it, yeah, it reminds sure. me of stuff me and my cousin used to play, and it, it it was actually the first time in a while when just like flicking through the Kickstarter, I hadn't really thought about those those sorts of card games like Uno and stuff. You For know? sure, and yeah. uh, it's been so long since I'd played anything like that. Literally, last time I played anything real world was probably scrabble with andrea and she cheats <laughs> that's a good game she cheats she uses american <laughs> words they're not allowed we're i'm english <laughs> i play english scrabble. what 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 american words are there that aren't because i because i mean obviously we speak english too so oh, we speak just, all of your you all of your words do some simplified spellings and stuff you know you can get color <laughs> without the u and things like that that's, that's just yeah and like gray with the a the a versus the e yeah I still feel like you guys have more. We have more words. You have definitely more slang words. How can people? How can people over there say I need like I'm going to go to hospital instead of the hospital? 
I, I've never noticed that, but we do do like that. I got I got to go to Lou. I got to go to university. You, we say university. I, I would say the Lou. I would definitely okay. Go you'd say the, the Lou, the okay. formal Lou. Yeah, I wouldn't use yeah. that that casual Lou for any sort of toilet ablution. <laughs> you know, I think you got to keep that formal. You got to take that very sure. seriously. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how do you find the um, difference between the like workshopping and building a physical game to a digital a video game as such? Video games are really hard to make. They do seem to be. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I would say video games are stupidly complicated. They require so many. I mean, obviously, like in large companies, they require hundreds of different people to to be all the different parts of the brain in order for it to work Mm. and come out okay. And if you're independent, you've got two or three people that act as as many of those moving parts as possible and and, and attempt to put it all together. It's just um, video games are a stupidly complicated art form. Mm-hmm. Like I, I always say, like I, th- I honestly think it's by far the most complicated art form because it's just as complicated as movies, except there's interactivity. Like it's mm. most at, at its at its most basic, video games are movies with interactivity. So that's already more complicated than a movie. And I, my argument is, you know, video games shouldn't even be utilized as as a you know, you don't just reference a movie to make a video game because the interactivity and the design of the game is actually where it's where it's at. Like what it what makes a game a game. Mm. So it goes even further with that. And I think we're just kind of scratching the surface on what we can do with game design and interactivity. But um, it's the difference between making a digital game and a, and a physical game is night and day. Mm. It's just design. Like that's, it's, it's almost, I can make this by myself and um, I can play test it with my friends and family. And I suppose like I can have, I can have fun doing it and I can edit on the fly. It's not like, it's not like um, taking something to a convention and watching a bunch of people stumble over <laughs> badly designed elements and then having to go spend two months, you know, fixing those those core mechanics. It's literally, hey, let's play with, you know, the, the, the black worm multiplies all of its abilities now. Let's see how that works. Oh, it works well after five minutes of play. Mm. You know, it, uh, you know, okay, well... Now we're going to play, you know, when you make a ringworm, you discard two cards instead of one. And How's that work? You can, can literally it? just draw the cards as well. I yeah, and I did. Can. Yeah, it's, it's just pieces of paper. Like, card games are super easy, really fun right away. It's the social dynamic is vastly different than a video game, even online a video game. Like, being able to read faces... Um, being able to just see body language and stuff like that is a, it's pretty cool. Mm. And the the pressure of being in a real world environment and having to choose things on the fly and try to make, you know, good decisions is. I just had a sometimes horrible difficult. vision of playing COD online whilst seeing everyone you're playing with. Can you imagine <laughs> the abuse that would go on with that? We'd just be close up with dudes junk, like just yeah. I'm positive that that has happened, and it, <laughs> and that's why they don't have the webcams anymore. Yeah, they just tried it out, and everyone in the office was, nope, yep, Dave got his dick out. My m- my cousin works for Sony, and they they are been pushing like the uh, streaming, you know, f- via PlayStation. You know, you just press a button, yeah. and you can start streaming with your webcam. He says, "Oh my god, it's like 
every day it's people having sex on cam and beating off on cam and they are constantly just like shooting them down yeah like they just have people monitoring them at all times we have it's- special websites for that you don't need to do it on yeah. <laughs> the one the only thing that i think is really surprising these days is i remember you know you know back in the day like not not but seven years ago people would just fucking the n-word was constant mm. and people were just trying to say as much as many terrible things as they possibly can and i play i mean i play overwatch daily with my wife and i don't ever hear shit mm. like sometimes people will say you retard and that's the heat of it and then they leave mm. but it's pretty pretty surprising how tame things have gotten and it could just be that it's, i'm playing overwatch and or it could be that people have cracked down a bit more and kind of fixed the toxic aspect of online multiplayer i do think a lot of uh abuse we throw about we don't really fully understand why we should and shouldn't use certain words although online can be a bit too policed at times like often all it says is you you know what that word means yeah you know what you're saying there and that person might think actually yeah no i'll i'll say something else i'll find i'll call you mama slut instead how is that better <laughs> is, is that better for you know <laughs> It is, it is, it's always been very amusing to me to, because guys especially, like if, if they can't be physically intimidating to somebody, they will really try their best to say the worst possible things. Mm. I think that's something that a lot of people don't really understand, um, is, you know, sometimes aggressive guys, if they can't be intimidating, they will try to be as offensive as possible to try to, they're trying to, to shape a fist with words mm. and they will just say those things and then they they will run away i used to i used to stream on twitch a lot um but when you had like a shitty shitty troll come into chat sometimes take that opportunity to to be a dick to them because you've been given permission by them being a dick first <laughs> yeah. and i remember sure. once i'd just gone off on this i can't remember what i was playing i think yeah i think i was playing like Horizon Zero Dawn or something. And this kid was being really, really very angry about it being SJW propaganda or something. And I was just like, (laughs) all right, yes, about the future where it's an ecological disaster. It's fine. You know, it's a good game. Look, Robot Dinosaur, come on, enjoy it. But I ended up like, instead of insulting him, I just said, you're going to die alone. Look, you're gonna, you're pushing everyone away. You're gonna die, like, and there's just all these little sad because obviously Twitch has Isaac's face, Bible thump. You know, yep. they're just coming in. I'm like, oh, I've actually said something quite harsh there. I've just told this stranger on the internet that I might have said die alone, covered in his own spunk, but I don't know. <laughs> you know, I do. I understand that that urge. Oh man, I'd be I'd be a terrible streamer, man. I've like. Back in the day, I, I've, I've either I've become more calm or people have become more of a joke. I don't, I don't know what it is, but like back in the day when people would push me, I would hit back as hard as I possibly could, mm. and um, even to other developers and stuff. And uh, there were a lot of fucking shit talkers back in the day. It, it really seems to have died down recently, and I don't know if it's just, I don't know what it is. I'm, it, might, it might be that I don't punch back anymore. I, I don't know. But I used to fight the press, man. I used to get fucking pissed <laughs> um, and call people out. 
I had I had a, an incident with a guy who was local. This, this, was a, this is what blew me the fuck away. That this fucking guy came to my house. I let him into my house. He interviewed me. He was a much older guy. Um, and uh, he, we got on the topic of piracy. And like, just the simple question was like, do you think, what, do you, what are your opinions on, on, on piracy? Do you think it hurts developers? And I said, I don't think so. Like, I really don't. I don't think it does, especially if your game is good. Because, you know, those people aren't going to pay for your game, period, mm. ever. But there's a high probability that they like your game and they tell, you, tell somebody else about it. Because you don't go around advertising that you just steal shit all day. No. Um, yeah, they'll just yeah. say, hey, this game's really good. And just a guy that says, hey, this game's really good, that might equal another sales set at some point. And I thought it seemed pretty fucking logical. I don't... And that was all I said. And then he wrote this story that says, Ed McMillan wants you to steal his games. <laughs> it's just like... Oh, that's not what, what I said. F- how do you... That's the headline. That like that's the salacious headline, and I remember thinking I just I went to his office and I said, "What the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say this. Why are you putting your opinion? And then he has all these opinions. He like he he says something that he, like a statement that I because he recorded it, mm. so it's my statement, and then his rebuttal after the fact. <laughs> so I can't respond to his. And it's like, what the fuck? How how have you been in this industry for so long and you're writing this shit where you're just like putting in your own two cents mm. you know post interview the interview's supposed to happen there yeah you can't and it's just like i guess what you can't add know. things afterwards you're not allowed to yeah <laughs> that's not how conversations work you know i got him to edit it but i mean it was like 10 hours after the fact and people had already oh it's already shared that headline a million times and, and yeah and it doesn't matter either way i honestly don't fucking care but like it was still it was the fact that that guy had the balls to come to my house, do this interview. I made time for him and he had to be a total dick about it for no reason other than the fact that he wanted to really make this salacious headline. Yeah. I like to think that that stuff is dying, but I don't think it is. It's like, um, to twist it for clicks. It seems like a silly thing to do because it's not going to generate like vast amounts of revenue, no matter who you are. You know, I mean, I mean, going, I mean, doing the run, the, the, I mean, you know, hitting up as many people as possible in, in the just general video game press Mm. and being like, Hey, can you, can you mention the Kickstarter? And I've heard from multiple people like basically tell me like, I hate to tell you this, but news stories, like actual news stories, just like, Hey, this game came out or Hey, this Kickstarter is happening. Just, just news that doesn't happen anymore. Mm. They don't, they don't pay. It's literally that like they've seen that basic news, just, you know, information that people would like to know, like, Hey, this developer released this and this is on sale and you know, any of that sort of stuff. They don't do it. They only do, you know, headlines that are, I, you know, eye opening, you know, head turning Mm. the most salacious things possible, controversy and whatever else. Last time I was contacted about about news, like you don't even get. Whenever I get an email from a press person, I go, "Ah, oh, shit! What the fuck happened?" Because they're never just saying, "Hey, you want to come on our podcast?" or "Or hey, you know, we like your game and we want to feature and whatever." It's you worked with some guy who said something bad. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, oh, oh, God. okay, Not again. Here Let's we go. Down. Yeah, um, that's uh, it. Is frustrating, and um, but. I think it, we've we've built this situation where we've built so much media that is ad funded that trying to just convince people to click on the 
link to go to the website is hard enough at this point. Uh, I, can, I, mean, I, I can only imagine what things are going to be like in in 20 years. and I mean, maybe things will just turn around, you know, maybe things will implode and then, you know, creativity and art will reappear. I mean, I'd like to think that after all the, all the virus situation, you know, finishes that a lot of, a lot of amazing comedy and great art will, will come out of it because it's those kind of situations that breed, you know, good art in general. Oh, I'm, Um, I'm just hoping as well, like the, the strain this has put on some industries might make those industries realize that maybe doing it this way isn't the best way. Maybe clickbait adverts are not the way we should be funding what we do. And hopefully it would be awesome if that was true, but I have a feeling that no, the numbers, the numbers, I'm a a dreamer (laughs) go, go otherwise. (laughs) I have too much hope. Um, well, it's the same. It's, it's honestly the same thing with this. Like a lot of people are like, why with Kickstarters, with a physical game, with overhead costs that just completely crush you, um, why do this? Why not just make it a digital game? Like I could, I could just spend the time I'm putting into this making digital games that sell way more and I make way more money because I get a huge chunk of it instead of a tiny chunk. And it's like, why do it? And it's like, well, it's because it's fun. Mm. That's it. And it's fun. I mean, and, and I and I feel like I'm at a point in my life where I just want to focus on the things that are fun. Um, and I hate the fact that this is a business. It's It sucks. I hate the fact that I'm tainted by knowing that caring about any kind of profit and, and viewing profit as success and, and that sort of stuff too. Like I hate, I hate that sort of stuff. Um, I, cause it, it always gets in the way of making art because you're always going to second guess yourself and think, well, sure. I could make this like the binding of Isaac. I should probably put clothes on the kid underwear, you know, mm. in, because more people would be, it'd be more approachable to a majority if he wasn't nude. You know, but the moment I start doing that is the moment I start losing sight of what I was trying to do. And the the honesty is gone. And even to a minimal degree, I feel like people feel that in art. Like I think people feel that in video games in general. Like I, maybe I'm just hippy dippy about it, but that's just how I feel about movies and music and video games in general. I really think that like you can see, as a product, air quotes, gets bigger and bigger and more popular, it does seem that more compromises have to be made. Like For sure. to to keep it on that level. It's this I, I find it frustrating that we have this idea that everything has to have infinite growth. Like the next thing you do has to be bigger than the last. And it's like, well, yeah. but what if it isn't bigger? What if it's what if I want to record an ambient album? of me like running through fields with cows or something like that's not going to be bigger than a hippity hop album. I always wonder about the decisions that people, things they've decided not to make that maybe would have been beautiful, but they weren't allowed. Yeah. That's why I really think people are so harsh with that stuff too. And I think that, um, I think that artists in general should get a lot more kudos for trying something new and taking risks, even if they fail. Mm. Like a lot of times, for me, like when I take risks, 
just taking the risk is in my mind, it already bumps the, the, the point score that I would give my own project in my head by one, mm. you know, like the big risk payoff, like, I don't know. Like you look at something like, uh, I forget his, his name, but the guy that made Katamari, um, Demasi, like, mm-hmm. uh, I, I love, I love, I love that game. I love that game a lot. And will he ever make another game like that? Probably not, but he keeps making these weird games. Mm. Um, I played his latest one, didn't really like it, but <laughs> I still think it's 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 good because it's so unique and obviously so true to what he wanted to do. And I can still say that it's, I would consider it a pretty good game, even though I didn't enjoy it that much. Mm. Um, and I respect the guy for trying to do something different and not just trying to make another Katamari, but still put his spin and feel, you know, on this. And I, it's, it's, um, it's definitely a, a challenge, I think, for a lot of developers to kind of kind of do that. Like even even I like I I would the Binding of Isaac is by far the most risky thing that I've ever released. Um, I would like to take big risks like that again. I have a feeling that Mugenics will be another big risky one when it comes to the content and the gameplay and everything else. It's going to be super strange. Well, um, you probably turn a lot of people off, but you're you're already um, going to open a or you've already mugenics slash eugenics people are going to be people are going to be digging for some sort of controversy just oh, for just sure. on that there's, there's no doubt in my mind that it'll upset somebody but i mean that's kind of the point though mm. like it's um it's uh yeah it's your saying, game it's, it's not their it's game. saying some stuff <laughs> yeah. it's saying some stuff and you know i wouldn't doubt that a lot of people might get upset about things that are purposefully upsetting but um, that's the point. Obviously, all your older stuff, like basically, you know, all the old Newgrounds animation, the dead baby yeah. dress up and stuff is still there. Still. Yeah. How do you how do you feel about that? Do you ever worry that people will go back and try to pull controversy? Oh, like go back and find stuff that I've said or done. And yeah, God, like, I don't fucking care. They could they could try to bury me all they want. I don't I don't try to hide anything I've ever said or done. Mm. Um, and if I don't, it's just not a thing. Like, I don't know. Like I, the stuff that I put in my stuff now is not that much further from stuff I've done in the past. Like in a lot of people who know my stuff know that I've done some crazy shit. Mm. My comics were crazier than all that stuff too. You know, um, what are you going to do? It's, uh, you know, I've, uh, I've, I've grown as an artist. I think I've gotten better. Um, I've gotten better at saying things and I'm not an angsty teenager anymore. So I don't, I don't punch the same way I used to. Mm. Um, this, you know, the stuff that I used to find funny, I don't find as funny anymore. And some things that I found funny then like poop and oh, you, stuff like that, you I still, still find it's, it's, still, it's still very funny. <laughs> so it's like, I, I, I think you can, I think there's this n- enough of a breadcrumb trail all the way back into my teenage years that people can follow and see the evolution and understand, you know, mm. there's a reason, there's a reason for everything, but you can't stop somebody from trying to do something. But the cool thing is, is I'm not beholden to anybody. I don't work for anybody. Mm. So if they try to bury me, I'm not going to lose some contract deal. Yeah. I yeah. Have you're, you're not going to fire yourself. <laughs> like, I'm, so, I'm not going to get, I'm sorry. Edmund, from, you're, gonna, you're in front of the bathroom mirror. Just one morning. Sorry. Yeah, the, you, the, you, the, the, I'm going to have to let you go. <laughs> I, I would have to do something horrible. Mm. I don't even think uh, I don't. If I murdered somebody, I don't think Steam would pull my games off of the service. You know what I mean? Like, 
Oh, that's it. Vacant, like right? I've got one major distributor. Yeah, I've got one major distributor, and that's Steam. And I've seen some hellish, hellish, most horribly controversial shit go up on Steam <laughs> that doesn't come anywhere close to anything I've ever done. It's still up there, so I know for a fact that they're not going to dump me because I. Uh, there is something weird. They said, like listeners might not even know what Newgrounds was. Newgrounds was an animation and art it's kind of like deviant art but for flash games in a, in a sense and yeah. um but like anyone could do it if you had macromedia flash you could uh, i would compare i would compare it more to youtube okay yeah it makes sense yeah i think i would say i would say newgrounds was the first youtube mm. um it was quite close um in fact tom was working on a portal that was exactly like youtube he was going to make a portal for videos that you could upload instead of just SWF files. Mm. So he, and he was, he was working on that before YouTube and the, but YouTube still ended up coming out and he, I think he ended up canning it. Yeah. Once they were <clears> there, yeah. they were there. It was, it was, it was, it was, and it was back in like the early two thousands. So it's like Lord of the edge Lords. It was back <laughs> when people were sending each other goatsy and, mm. um, you know, far before Rick rolling was the meme, you would get, send a, a gaping man anus as a joke. Yeah. 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 Everybody now that's was, just Twitter. Was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's pretty funny that, that, uh, I mean, things, things have changed, I guess. Right. Mm. Oh God. They have. Yeah. They've become more organized. They've all kind of, all those fractured little communities have all found, have been pulled into bigger places, you know. This is why YouTube's yeah. the most. When anyone talks about YouTube or Reddit, I find it funny when they say things like, "Oh, Reddit's really toxic." I was like, "Have you been on our flower arranging? It's delightful. <laughs> you know, there's no toxicity there. It's just everyone going, that's beautiful, Margaret. Is that a chrysanthemum? Lovely, <laughs> you know. This yeah. they've become so big, they've got their own." communities within them um it's yeah it's interesting actually because i hadn't been on Newgrounds for i mustn't have been on there for like 10 years and i i kind of came late to the internet i didn't have a any computer uh till i was like 20 so i'm 41 yeah. now so i was a bit late so i missed so much cool shit yeah. um but yeah i remember Newgrounds because of being able to interact with things it was like oh, what what i can i can dress up this this dead baby that's crazy <laughs> you know yeah. but the weird thing about it it made me notice that you talk about evolution but you've got this thread that runs through all your work like how the dead baby we're talking about right now is blue baby is yeah. is in isaac like how that carries through and is that something you need to do? You know, things from like Pin from Meat Boy is in, well, Meat Boy is in Isaac, you know, like, yeah. what's the, is that for yourself or is that something that you just keep wanting to explore little ideas and evolve and iterate? I don't know. I think, I think I, um, I just really like tying everything together so it all feels like it's from the same world or mm. nods to the Edmund. I mean, Midland back, I mean, back in the day, universe. I used to always, <laughs> yeah. I mean, back in, back in the Newgrounds days, I, I, uh, I used, to, I was really, really into, um, wrestling. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think I made a, 
a dead baby WWF dress up. <laughs> and it was, it was just, so like I would pull in as many things that I loved and that were part of my personality, even if it was other IPs and stuff like that, I would always nod to something. And I did that a lot throughout. I mean, if you really just look at like Super Meat Boy is just my Super Mario Brothers mm. and Binding of Isaac is just my Legend of Zelda. Like I'm still just throwing back to my childhood and the stuff I grew up with that inspired me. And um, I mean, kind of the way Quentin Tarantino does with like old 70s grindhouse stuff mm. like i'm i'm just stuck back there i'm stuck in that like back when i was in awe of of video games and and before the internet and all that sort of stuff like i, I just pull i can't help but pull from that uh, pull a lot from my childhood and childhood experience in general so yeah i i just like putting as much as of myself into my work and sometimes a part of myself as a game I made 10 years prior. Yeah. And it's just, it's just like, Hey, remember this? And it just, it feels nice. It feels cohesive and it feels serendipitous in some weird way. Like when, when doing Isaac and realizing, you know, the story of Isaac was Isaac's going to suffocate in a box mm. and he was going to, he was going to, when drawing that, it's like, he's going to be blue. Oh wait, that looks a lot like the blue babies from, mm. from, from the dead baby dress up. I'm totally going for it. Like that's going to be, I'm going to just call him that and it, it just works. I just, I just open myself up as enough as possible when I'm, when I'm making stuff and creating stuff to allow for stuff that feels serendipitous to, to come together and connect in, um, in neat ways because it feels magical, like creating art in general. I mean, you're a musician. It's like, it, it feels like magic. Mm. Like when, when things just come out of nowhere and then they cross paths and then they kind of hit each other a little bit. And then it opens up this whole other, it's, it becomes unique. It's like, I don't know, it's, it's hard to explain, but I think most artists would can understand that. There's this, when creating something, there's this mental space to be in where you just open up mm. and everything just starts coming in from all directions. And you're kind of in there tying things together and, and, you're pulling all on the strings and everything's moving and all these gears are turning and it's like, Oh, it's this cohesive hole. And then you just go through and start repairing and correcting and, and, you know, and, and tuning and tweaking these things. But that's what I love the most. And that's why I do this because it makes me feel really good when I'm in that headspace. It makes me feel free. I'm not thinking about anything else. I'm not thinking about anything bad. You know, I'm just in the moment improvising and, creating something that I feel is true to who I am. Um, and that I think that if I like other people will like, mm. and that's as good as I could do. The more pretentious of us would call that the flow state where, where the art just flows from your mind. But, um, I don't think either of <laughs> it's us a good, are that guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm going to, I'm just, I'm going to use that. So I appear more pretentious. <laughs> um, do you find that the so people listen to this who maybe because because this podcast is not honed in on one one thing like there's going to be people who here for music and thinking they've been talking about dead babies for a long time now. <laughs> um, you use cuteness like Isaac is cute, Meat Boy is cute, Gish is cute, um, Spewer Spewer is the cutest, especially in Isaac <laughs> his little little voice. Yeah. Which is, is very similar to my partner's cat's voice. 
um, weirdly. He's got a t- he's a very big cat, but tiny little voice. Um, but do you <laughs> is the cuteness because just because you enjoy it, or are you aware that you can get away with more? Oh, oh yeah, I'm doing it to get away with horrible stuff, <laughs> like horrible things. Mm. Like I remember before Isaac became a thing, um, and I would try to explain what I was working on to people. It sounded horrid, like nightmarishly awful. Like I'm telling this tale of child abuse where a kid dies. Mm. He kills himself because he feels like he does not fit into this world. And he's playing out this, this escape from his mother in his mind as he dies. It's like, it's the most fucking depressing, horrible shit ever. Oh yeah. And by the way, he's naked and he uses his sadness as a weapon against the, you know, the demons and monsters in his head. And like pitching that to people, it's like, that sounds horrible. Why would anyone want to play that? Oh, no. Well, his eyes are really big. So he's cute. So he's cute. (laughs) And and everything's fine. Everything's totally fine. Um, And I do, I think I do that in all as much stuff as I possibly can. And And it could be, it could be that I'm not comfortable with going all the way with that stuff. It could just be part of my personality where like, I don't want it to just be doom and gloom without some sort of comic relief. Like mm. it's just not who I am. You know, I, I'm, I, when something bad happens, I try to find some way to laugh it off or make light of it. It's just how it works for me. And, um, if I want to talk about something like that, I'm going to lighten the mood and I'm going to cue it up as much as possible to make it digestible. Mm. And again, it kind of goes back to me getting joy out of the, Stu- you know, um, Javon taking Dick Knots, the, the idea up to the studio head and explaining what, what exactly we're doing. It's the same sort of thing. Like, I do derive some sick pleasure in knowing that I'm getting people who wouldn't otherwise experience something as weird or th- themes that aren't as, you know, just off um, by by making good gameplay. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's so many people who are going, I was like, I don't even... I did not like the aesthetic. I did not like the themes, but I really like the gameplay. Well, that's, I like that. I like the fact that you're experiencing some part of my existence in some abstract way. Um, because I was able to execute gameplay well. Yeah. Cause I could have made it. I mean, realistically, I possibly, I mean, I could have made it a, a more digestible, more E for everyone environment with the same sort of, um, roguelike elements and it could have done a lot better but who's to say I, it's hard to tell now like i'd like to believe that a lot of people went in to isaac because it was so strange and so easy to talk about yeah and so odd. i i, I wonder that if it had been more um traditional if it looked more like smash tv or something yeah like yeah i, I don't know i mean i guess we could compare it to if a large studio got hold of the Isaac IP and made a better version, you know, air quotes, a better version, a sequel of, of the game mm. that was more polished. They would go through it and they would instantly, I know the first thing they would cut because I know talking to ESRB that this is the big, biggest no, no, you cannot have a child eating pills in a video game. Mm. Um, that's so bad. That's like the top of their list, like a child eating unknown pills <laughs> and then gaining effects by them. That's super bad. And especially like injection stuff. So they'd cut that. They'd cut the pills. Yeah. And then they'd slowly whittle down the list of like, oh, like this feels a little icky here. And, you know, let's let's do that. And it would come through and it no doubt it probably sell a hell of a lot more than anything that I had done myself. But it would slowly become less 
of what it is. Um, mm. And I think everything does that. I mean, you, you look at sequels to things and uh, like even, I don't I, mean, I might be in the minority with this, but I, I, I really liked the first doom, the first new doom. Mm-hmm. Um, I really loved it. I thought it was great. And then the new one came out and it felt boring. So I did not touch the new one because of how much I enjoyed doing 2016. Like I loved it. I, don't, I loved it. It doesn't make sense how they could, if they just did it exactly the way again, I would still love it. I would mm. play through it again. There's something about it and I cannot put my finger on it, but it feels boring, like boring. Like I played the fuck out of the, of the last one. Mm. Like I played through it twice. I love that game. And I cannot will myself to continue to play this one. It's really? just so, feels so bland and uninspired. I feel like I'm literally doing the same thing over and over and over again. And I'm being rewarded with items and things that I don't use. I don't even know what they do. Like I'm gaining like the ability to punch through a bunch of guys, but I have to charge it up and I don't know how it charges up. But then I've also got the ability to do a flamethrower to get ammo mm. And it's just like, what happened to just like, I was fine with just the, let's just add gory kills in order to replenish some stuff. So F- fucking great. I, so I, what I enjoyed about Doom 2016 was just that it felt at times like a puzzle game. Like, yeah. I'm in this room, I've got X amount of resources. If I pick up, if I go this way, pick up the quad damage at this point, do you know what I mean? Like, that yeah. it felt like I had to tactically work out what I was doing rather than just brute force my way through a level. This always feels like brute force to me. Always. Does it? And okay. then they put in, they put in platforming elements that aren't fun. Yeah. It, it like might like, because you're never going to do it via combat, right? They're never going to ask you to, you know, it feels like meat boy. Like you're literally wall jumping mm. off of things. It's so bizarre in a doom game, you're wall jumping off of things, but there are these, there are these breaks. There are platforming breaks. So it's like, okay, you've you entered the arena, you killed all the bad guys. Now to pr- progress to the next point, you get to do this really mind-numbing because there's no real loss if you die yeah. from this part. So it feels just bland mm. and uninspired, and like I just don't. It's it's hard to put my finger on where they missed the mark, but all I can say is that it feels. Like they took all the stuff from the last game and they just jumbled it all together. And I just, I just feel like in the in the last game there were situations where it's like, oh, now you're fighting this guy and then a few of these guys, and then this, then they introduce a new guy and it forces you to play differently. Mm-hmm. It doesn't ever feel like you're ever playing any differently in this game. It feels like they're all basically the same enemy, and you, they're almost all of them are the same from before, but somehow void mm. like i don't know I, I i really don't know i mean you play it play it and then tell me <laughs> <laughs> because i can't i i I'm, i have such a hard time putting my finger on exactly why this isn't working anymore for me the weird thing is you're not the um, only person who said this to me like i've okay well i'm have... glad that i'm not because i've tweeted about it and people are like i don't know what you're talking about like i love the platforming parts and it's like well i don't know maybe i'm losing touch with mm. with video games and it might also be it coming down to what other first-person shooters people play. If people are playing, like, modern COD games that have a lot more movement abilities, or if they're playing, like, Could be. Destiny or something that always has random platforming yeah. elements, like Destiny Raids, oh, yeah, we're going to give you a really obtuse, awkward platformer now. 
good luck. <laughs> you and your six <laughs> friends. I think they, they're fully aware that the platforming is done in front of your friends, so it becomes funny when you keep dying. There is always that one thing that you're going to enjoy that maybe comes from somewhere else, you know. Like, the reason I loved Meat Boy so much, and I, I've played hundreds and hundreds of hours of Meat Boy. Me too. <laughs> well, you, that's your job. You have to. <laughs> you have to. Yeah. Um, but, like, part of it was, obviously, like, Meat Boy comes from Mario, a game I never got to play until, God, I don't think I played Super Mario World till 10 years ago which is 20 years after it came out, you know? Yeah. So, um, how is that for you for other, to see other people, your audience playing your games? Like with Meat Boy, I remember watching you call into a GDC. When GDC, no. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. GDQ, sorry, Games Done Quick. Oh, that one. Okay, yes. Yeah. And you were calling in and someone was speedrunning meat boy and he's yeah. doing things and you're like what how did you just <laughs> like how is that for you to see people not destroy your game but use your game in unintended ways super neat like i it, it's cool it's cool that games are still loose enough for stuff like that to actually appear mm. it's kind of ma- it's kind of magical in a way because i mean me growing up with nintendo um you would you would always hear those rumors about being able to do crazy shit um, if you do this if you do that, and uh, I didn't even think that it was going to be possible, especially with Meat Boy. Like, um, there, yeah, there's so many weird things that people can do just because the programming is is, is weird. You know, mm-hmm. like they can they can clip through the walls and stuff that kind of were, was duct taped in late late game mechanic wise like has a little has some holes in it literally that you mm. can pass through and you know designing the levels i i designed some things to make it easier for speedrunners to get through because there's an optimal way that's just slightly harder but they're just doing stuff that's that i have no idea was possible at mm. all and i think it's really cool i mean i love that whole speedrun community i love i mean i love making platformers i remember i always said that i would never make another Meat Boy until I had some sort of amazing idea for one. And then um, like about six years ago, I left, um, I left team meat and I just kind of walked away from the IP and literally within a week of walking away from it, I'm like, I need to make another platform. Yeah. Yeah. That's the end is nigh. Which is funny. Cause it's like, if, if Meat Boy was a riff on Mario brothers, then the end is nigh is a riff on Meat Boy. Hmm. It's kind of strange how it works. I, mean, I think The End is Nigh is my best work by far, but I know not everybody's going to share that opinion. But definitely like looking at it. I just played through it um, uh, during the first week of quarantine here. Mm. I played through it, and I was pretty... I think we did a killer job. It's just definitely one of those games that's not um, not for everybody. It's not remotely accessible, as accessible as Meat Boy. It's way harder. And it the subject matter and the situations the mechanical situations that I put you through are purposefully stressful in a way that Meat Boy wasn't. Mm. Meat Boy was like, has a, had a sense of relief. The levels were really small and um, you felt accomplished uh, instantly because you felt like there's a marker. There's literally a marker for every, every complete level with the end is nigh. It's grueling and it's supposed to feel like it's never ending. Mm. Like it's, 
it's never going to end. How hard is this going to be? Like, how much is this going to ask of me? And when is this going to be over? And then it purposefully uses stressors to keep your, you know, heart rate up. Mm. And, and, uh, yeah, just kind of fiddling with a lot of the stuff that I was playing around with, with Meat Boy and making it really kind of not pleasing in a way. It's kind of, <laughs> and it's kind of a weird thing to like play around with, but I, I, just I wanted, wanted to, to make, make a game, a game that, that made you hate yourself. That was all. Awesome. Yeah. I, I wanted, wanted I wanted to make, I wanted to make a game that made people feel like how I feel, <laughs> like how, especially how I felt at that time where I felt yeah. like, is this fucking worth it? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, should I be doing this? Is this, is this the, I'm locked into this. This is the choice that I'm making. And this is a grueling, this is a grueling end. And, uh, and I think going in with Meat Boy, Meat Boy was about challenging yourself for high reward. Mm. And the end is nice about challenging yourself, but then possibly questioning if the challenge is worth it <laughs> um, and how far you will go. What it's, it's kind of what drives somebody like is, it's kind of the uh, the white whale, mm. um, you know. Uh, I wanted to kind of have that, like, how far will you go for this? And I really wanted to make a game that wasn't going to be completable by people, but of course it was in the end. Like we, I don't know if you know, but the the beginning of the game uh, starts with a, a kill stream. Basically, it's like you're 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 playing this impossible level. Mm-hmm. Um, while he's streaming it and then you die and once you die the game starts that's beatable you could beat that really i did um, not realize that yeah <laughs> yes and you there's a, a whole there's a level that there's it ends the game you get a cut scene and you beat the game so if you can beat that with one life without getting killed and it's it's like a, a series of many levels mm. that's just the, the first level is the easiest and um we just put that in and i made a little cut scene of him like wrapping it up up oh, here's the stream for the day you know <laughs> thanks for tuning in i'll see you tomorrow click and it ends, and um, I'm like, no one's gonna fucking see this. There's no fucking way. I can't do it. There's no way this is gonna happen. And of course, within a few days, somebody did it, and it just seems unheard of. I, but I do think yeah. some people are genetically different. Uh, I I can't. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, they definitely are. <laughs> like when you see someone like I don't know, like Whitwicks when he was playing, I want to be the Boshi. Yet he's still reading chat at the same time, and like, how are you? Yeah, that is nuts. Do do? I don't know how the fuck they do that. I saw a guy like perfect through the through the what is it called? This Guitar Hero song through the fire and flames or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like perfect that at like four times speed while responding to people subscribing to him. Yeah. And I'm like, and he's reading it. It's like, what? That, that might actually the be Whitwick's going on. Well. Whitwick's was. <laughs> he, I feel like he must have had two brains. Like they kind of all the, there was some. It's, it's definitely it's definitely a very specific personality type too because it's not only like like I could see myself getting competitive and getting pretty good. I'm just not a competitive person, so I just I start I stop caring after a certain point. Mm. And it's just not worth it anymore. So it's like not only can somebody do something so crazy, it's about doing it so many times to get that good. Mm. It's it's like the dedication in that is astounding. Like. Yeah, everybody's got to be really fucking good at something. And there's some really good video game players out there. That's for sure. Yeah, it's bizarre. It's just downright bizarre. But it's awesome as well. I, I, although a lot of people will throw, oh, you're just sitting in your house playing video games for money at Twitch streamers and stuff. I don't like yeah. It's If you want it and you want to be successful at it, it's work. Like, it's well, eight it's, hours a day. This is like seven days a week you know it's not a- like 
I mean, I think we, so we grew up idolizing rock stars. Yeah. Especially like, yeah. Like, and that's what I think a lot of kids our age grew up and being like, that's, that's what I want to be. Mm. Kids now for the past 10 years want to be streamers. That is the rocks. That is the highest mm. fucking point. That is their rock star point. My daughter, who is four and a half, when she, I used to play with my Ninja Turtles and I used to simulate a game, a video game of Ninja Turtles. I grab, you know, Raphael, my favorite Ninja Turtles, or usually I'd, I'd get Weapon X, the Wolverine Weapon X <laughs> action figure that I had. And I would go through and I'd set up like all around my house, all these different bosses and things to fight. And I'd fight all, that's what I do all day long. <laughs> my daughter. This is now. Sits this in front. even when you <laughs> This is now. <laughs> my daughter sits in front of an imaginary television, staring off into space and says, Hey guys, Today we're going to, you know, and starts going rattling on about nonsense to this imaginary viewer that she has mm. or viewers. Um, and she's, and I ask her what she's doing. She says, I'm doing my channel. Like this is, you know, say what you want about streamers and, 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 uh, and competitive gamers. It's, this is the fucking future. Mm. You cannot turn away from it. Like kids idolize these people. They want to be these people. They want to meet these people. Like, uh, it's a crazy situation. Never and never. I could never think that people would want to watch somebody play a video game more than uh, play it themselves, but it's definitely the case. I mean, even now, I just saw an ad on TV where it's becoming, especially because of the the lock-in situation, uh, since they can't make new television, what they're doing is they're literally paying celebrities to do commentary on, they like they're watching TV yeah. with you. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> we, what the fuck? <laughs> But this it, is insane. It's, it's something to do with that access thing about, like, I think we maybe with any sort of celebrity, we raise them up as something different to us. So then having access yeah. to them. And I don't know. I think the the I'm going to use the word influencer. I don't like the word, but there is something about yeah. that influencer culture where it is access to people that we think of achieved or are in some way something to aspire to you know and that's not a hugely negative thing it's just the problem is comes back to what you were saying earlier about money and art that you go from that point where twitch is just in dot tv and it's just fun and these are honest nice people like gdq when it was in just a tiny guy's basement sort of thing and it gets yeah. to that point where it becomes a huge production and we uh, typically as humans we become very efficient at making money out of the people watching rather than yeah. giving them joy and that's one of the frustrating things for me yeah it's 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 the blend it's it's the blend of art and in business mm. i mean say what you want to say but people who are streaming are entertainers and entertaining people I mean, it's, it's comedy. It's, it's improv. It is art. Like they are, their interactions with people and the things that they're doing is an art unto itself. Mm. And when you put business in it, you're going to move away from it, any kind of artistic freedom and relief. And just, just, it's going to slowly become more business oriented Mm. situation. You're going to lose steam. It's not going to feel good anymore. And you're going to slowly become I mean, you see, you see the burnout, you see yeah. streamer burnout. It happens all the time. And that's what it comes from. It's they're chasing the, they're chasing the money. They're chasing the streamer count. They're, they're, they're losing track of the thing that made them 
popular in the first place, which is being a genuine person and being entertaining. And they're, they've got to figure out, you know, what to say or what to do in order to get people to stay and how, how they have become beholden to the, the viewer. And sometimes it becomes an abusive situation mm. where they are just being destroyed by the people that they depend on to help them pay the rent, mm. which is a strange and situation. They have a weird relationship with games as well. Cause the amount of yeah. people you see who built a big audience off one game who then, <laughs> yeah, it's like, you think Northern liar, Northern lion wants to continue to play the buying of Isaac. I kind of question that he actually has any enjoyment anymore when it comes to playing this game. So many I'm, fucking times it's I'm like, be, but I've got what? that's what they want. I've got 3,300 hours on Binding Wiser on PC. If I brought in PlayStation and Vita, I'm probably in the 4,000 hour mark. And, but that. You should have been streaming it the whole time. If you're streaming, you could have been the next Northern Lion. Should have been. But like, that's. Should have been doing An it. hour here, an hour there. There's no way I could play it for eight hours a day. There's like, it's just. No matter how much I enjoy it, I would not last two months. There's no way. Yeah. I would just get bored. And not even like you would see everything in that amount of time, but just mechanically doing the same thing. Yeah, you thing. can't. You'd lose your fucking mind like you would lose your mind. Mm. But yeah, I almost I almost feel guilty like whenever we do a new DLC when we <laughs> said it was the end of it. I, I do. I think I think about him and I think, oh no, <laughs> he's going to have to Poor play guy. this like a hundred more times. Like, because... Um, <laughs> You know, so many there, and he's not the only one. There's like, there's like seven or eight streamers who like made their careers off of playing the Binding mm. of Isaac. And whenever I do an update, whenever I do or say anything, they, they they're bullied into playing. Yeah, you know the game on stream, and it's like oh, we've well. got like Richard Hammer, Cobalt Streak, yep. people like yep. that. Like Dix obviously wants to play fishing games. He doesn't want to play Isaac. You know, but every time anything gets mentioned, like when Repentance, which is listeners, I forgot you existed. Uh, <laughs> Repentance <laughs> is the final Isaac DLC. Like yeah. he was instantly getting tweets. And he's like, are you, you going to play this dick? And I was like, I get it. I do get why people want to see it. They have this nostalgic memory, but at the same time, like let the man move on. <laughs> yeah. Let people do things that they enjoy doing. I mean, that's gotta be really tough though. Like I would be, I would not be a successful streamer because I would only do what I'd like to do. And my, my, uh, my interests just move all over the place. You know, I, me and my wife used to do random streams just to fuck around mm. and have fun way in the early she days. Plays like, a, she back plays when, a lot of Isaac. Yeah. That's, yep. Yeah. She almost exclusively played. There was a summer where what, like five or six, seven years ago seven years ago uh she would start streaming isaac and this you could tell this is early days of twitch and then we would tell the chat that we we're going to go to an adult web cam site and we would just sit there and just talk about the different people on the adult cam website <laughs> on stream and that we'd get away with that it was a, it was good times there were some interesting people on oh yeah on those sites I can imagine i can imagine <laughs> made a few friends so a few, a few, a few legendary uh, occurrences, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we would we would sometimes just stream, just just to just to stream, and then we'd stop, and then people like, what what happened? It's like, well, we moved on, mm. and it wasn't it wasn't fun anymore. And then we'd come back and do something else, and it's I could never, I could never do that 
it seems like it seems like legitimately such hard work that in order to become successful at doing you have to live it mm. it has to be a an everyday thing which i imagine would be very difficult for people that are in any kind of relationship yeah yeah no it's uh, like i think the only way the reason i got away with it for so long is because my partner lives in a completely different country i know i know i have i have friends who met each other streaming yeah and that's how they connected and they dart they started dating via stream and then eventually moved in with each other mm. so i don't think it's an uncommon thing now every time i've been to pax i guarantee meet one couple who were like oh yeah we met in cobalt streaks chat <laughs> like, what's going on in there it sounds sexier than you'd <laughs> imagine it be man back in the day like way back in the 2000s when i had it when my claim to fame was this is a cry for help uh which is my website back then mm-hmm. There were multiple people that got married meeting off of that website, and they used to come. They used to get they got tattoos and stuff I'm like that. I'm gonna be honest. I worry like, for them. I worry for them. Yeah. If that. Oh, it was it was always a disaster. <laughs> it was it always ended. <laughs> I don't. None of them. Oh no. One of one of them or two of them are still together, and they became super religious. They're super super Christians. Oh now. wow. Yeah. So I mean that was a. Back back in the day, it drew in the extremists for sure. So it's not. I don't. Th- it's, it's surprisingly not that hard to go from like one extreme to the next. I've seen people go from ultra, ultra, ultra far left and then swing. I don't know how. Mm. It must just not be that far over all the way over to the right and become super racist and hateful. I, and I find it mean. Like with uh, YouTube these days, there's so many of the early like internet atheists who have become like complete misogynists and stuff just because yeah weirdly the content drove them that way the kids were like yeah we've heard all this atheist stuff now there's no new religions come on next subject and they're like um well, all right well anita sarkeesian let's talk about her yeah. and then <laughs> then they're having to be horrible bastards for the rest of their lives i know that's it's, where the money it is, is very it's very weird to to see that i mean i mean really it's just if we want to get into conspiracy theories, I feel like around 2010, maybe a little earlier than that, both sides of of U.S. politics started pushing hard to polarize mm-hmm. as hard as they possibly could. Yeah, and I think a lot of a lot of the a lot of the pushing for in for in, in, in to women in general, like a lot of that pushing of like, look at you, you're not you're not adequate in society, that sort of stuff, was kind of angled towards the Hillary campaign, mm-hmm. like, and then. It didn't happen. And now we're stuck with like this polarized thing where a bunch of idiot guys got super fucking hateful and a bunch of girls think that they are the most put upon people in the world. And it's like, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what to do with this, but it's just getting worse. Like it's, it's getting, it's getting terrible. Like I, I just don't, I, I try not to get involved in anything political because I, I am obviously, I'm obviously very on the left, Yeah, but according to a lot of people on the left, I'm not. (laughs) So it's like, I don't know what to do with that because I'm very on the left and I would never, ever come close to being middle or voting Republican. But, uh, this, this thing, there's many majority of people. I think there's many lefts. There's, there's many rights, you know, there's. Like, I think we've got it because of the polarization. We, we we are like, well, you're not the same as me, so you can't believe the same as me. And it's like, I'm left wing, but I think I should be allowed to call you a cunt if I need to. <laughs> you know, that doesn't make me less yeah. left wing. You know, politically, I still think we should have free education, but I like the word cunt. I enjoy it. 
It makes me feel good. <laughs> it comes out of my mouth. It feels right. It's 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 just bizarre to me because, you know, there's no that politics just makes things so black and white. And when that's not the case, it's just like it's like saying every Christian person is is hateful mm. and they think all gay people should burn in hell. Like that's not the case. That is not the case at all. Mm. Like everybody is a an amalgamation of a bunch of different ideas. I'm quite positive. Like I have friends who are very 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 far left who are gun owners. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's well okay. It's like. Uh, to to even say like to go out and say like I think like I voted for Obama and Obama was really really strict on on immigration like hardcore mm-hmm. on immigration and um I understand why and for me to say that now puts me on the right mm. <laughs> it's like to be like I don't think I think we should have borders I think it's important to have borders in order to you know protect and, and focus on protecting people with within our borders somehow is a hateful thing it's a terrible thing it's just it's just so. It's it's that it's thing so that people up. make a leap that if you think well, if you think we need to protect people within our borders, that means you think that the people outside of our borders are evil, and that's not the case. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, know? I guess that makes sense. We make these yeah. weird leaps, and I, I think you say like 2010s. We could wind it back to the 70s. You know, Thatcher, Reagan, yeah, yeah. 70s, 80s. They definitely made it a lot more about good versus evil. It became for sure came a, a less yeah, us and them thing. And now we've got the internet where there's lots of different us's and thems, you know. For sure. I always I mean I always view it as um I have to think about this a lot now too because my daughter will ask me things. My my 4-year-old daughter <laughs> coming back from like pre-kindergarten will say Donald Trump is evil. And I'll say, how do you know who do- who's Donald Trump? I don't know. He's a bad guy. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I, I agree wrong, he's, he's, he's not a good guy. Okay. <laughs> I agree he's not a good guy. But I also don't want to generalize things for her. Mm. So, like, I have to come up with some answer that makes sense. And I'll, all I can say is, oh, no. She, she says, uh, he's an idiot. He's stupid. It's like, well, technically, he's not He's very, very smart, yeah. but he's very selfish. And that's the, that's the key thing to all this. Mm. And I think a lot of it comes down to people using words where it's like, you can call him a racist, you can call him an idiot, you can call him a... No, he's fucking selfish. That's mm. it. He's hugely selfish, ultimately selfish. He only cares about himself and the specific goals that he has put in place. Um yeah, and I think that's I think that's the most appropriate thing to call to call him. I mean, he can say fucking stupid shit for sure. I'm like he says he's, shit all the time. Nine times out of ten, when it, he's it, saying something stupid, it's because he is trying to justify some selfish bullshit he did. Exactly. Yeah, and like a little the last thing he did when he was like, "Hey, can can we find a way to put you know cleaning fluid in people and and uh, maybe get the UV thing going up inside people. Like he's, he's deferring to this person, but he's acting like it's his idea just in case it works. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, you know, I just want to be the one, you know, because if, if we could do that, that's my idea. Now that's my idea. I have that. I have that idea. I did like it's just that. So, it's when, so terrible when he to have said, a president. Like, who's, is there a way we could bring light into the body? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's terrible because like on the surface, of course it's, there is some amount of logic to it, but he doesn't think to himself that 
oh, we're going to have people trying to get UV lights and shove them into their lungs? Like, like, like people literally where, did. How well. is this? Like, in yeah, well, days, there were people. Not, not, we're not talking to hundreds of people here, but. Yeah, but of course. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think we're beating a dead horse for sure here because, I mean, anyway, but what I, what yeah, I was yeah. trying to get to is I, I feel like the, the sides when when the down the downfall of of the right is obvious it's like it's it can be abusive it can be mean and it can be ultimately selfish mm. it's it's the person who it's it's the person who looks out only for themselves and their family to the detriment of others mm. and then on the left you've got the you've got people who are willing to selflessly give without caring about themselves and that's the I think that's the downfall of both. And you you need both in order to have like a cohesive whole. Like you don't want to be taken advantage of because people will take advantage of mm-hmm. you. You don't want to give everything you have. You want to be able to keep some and protect your family in some way. Like you want to have some amount of both of that. You know, there's a, arguments on both sides that are, of course, very pretty black and white. But mm. um, for the most part, I think things are pretty gray, and you kind of want to hover around you know, the circle in the middle because you never want to go too far one way or too far the other because it's always bad. And there's always something you're going to lose something here. And it's, it's, that's actually something that I didn't realize fully until I became a father, I think. Mm. And I started to have have to make decisions and maybe, maybe be more selfish in some ways. I don't know. It's, it's, it's being, becoming a father has been an eye opening experience on, on many, many different levels. And, Politically, it's it's definitely like opened my eyes to a lot of reasons why I think people feel certain ways. Like but- this is the thing that does make me angry when people talk about people with different political beliefs being some way worse, or your average MAGA hat wearing Trump supporter is not evil. They're not waking up in the morning thinking, right, we're going to repress these people. We're going to do this. They wake up in the morning going, right, how do we put food on the table? Um, Right, she needs new shoes. Right, we've got to get that sorted. Um, Am I going to have work tomorrow? Sort of. They've got the same set of worries that someone with the complete opposite political views. And we forget it. We forget it all the time. And we just, and it's so frustrating because. That whole time we're trying to make us feel different to each other, we might actually get somewhere if we looked at where we're the same, you know? Yeah. We have the same basic needs. We all need toilet roll. Let's work out how we're going to get <laughs> toilet roll to everyone at a fair price. Yeah. Maybe free. If we yeah. can do free, that would be great. Guilt-free. I mean, and it, would be, it would be nice. It would be nice that if we came out of this with some sort of more united... Mm you know, feeling in our, in our countries, like this should, it should happen. This should be the, the thing that really makes us realize that regardless of what other people believe that we're all in this together and that we need to work together to figure this out and make things right. Mm. Um, Here's hoping, but yeah, fingers crossed. The, the people who are much smarter than all of us are, (laughs) uh, are going to make sure that, that the people who are below will, have a lot of disinformation. And yeah, I'm just making just sure I'm having a shot of bleach each day, <laughs> just in case. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm working on getting that UV light down there. 
Like I, I, I feel like it's, <laughs> I'm working on it. I've been, I've been YouTube and videos on how to get stuff down my throat. So, oh, well, I've been going, I've been trying to go the other way. I'm using a lot yeah, well, of moisturizer. <laughs> there's a, that's a, that spoiler, spoiler. It takes a lot. It's a, a lot further than you'd think. <laughs> there's a lot of tubes in there that just wind all around, you know, I'm, just go down the throat. I reckon we've, I reckon we've covered everything. I, I think we've done this. I think this is the podcast. This is the one. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go cook a, cook some food. I got, um, I got a, uh, and I'm not even, I'm not vegan, but, um, I've got a gluten free. Now here, this is the most California fucking shit in the world right here. <laughs> I've got a gluten free, dairy free pizza nice. that I'm going to be cooking tonight. Nice. It's not that bad. I'll say that. It's not, it's not good. Not good, but uh, Andrea, it's not good. Um, it's not bad. Is is one of those people who will eat literally anything, but across the whole spectrum. So there will be a day where she's eating some weird organ of an animal, but then the next day <laughs> she'll be making like a pizza that's only like every ingredient is cauliflower. Like the base has been made out of cauliflower. And the- oh, for sure. I'm all, pff, I'm right. I'm right there. Yeah. See, my whole thing is I have allergies. I have. Um, I, I recently found out that I have a bunch of food allergies that have been plaguing me for my whole life and giving me stomach problems. And I finally got some, got tested allergy wise. And it turned out that I'm allergic to so much shit and I'm trying to, and I'm, if I eat right, I don't, uh, shit my ass every, every, Damn, every morning. That's really upsetting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, I'll have so, to- so I don't, I don't eat, I don't eat good tasting food anymore, but I don't, I don't, you know, liquid liquidize my bowels. I don't have joy time, anymore, so. but I don't have sadness. So. <laughs> yes, it's the middle. I'm staying right in the middle. I'm just fine. I'm, I, I'll leave this bit out of the podcast. I, I date. I was with someone for seven years who, um, for our entire relationship, she had an itchy asshole whole time. <laughs> yeah, like literally seven years of her just being uncomfortable and. Like, I think part of the reason we didn't last was because she was just always slightly annoyed. And um, I ran into her <laughs> not long after we split up and she'd found out she was allergic to tomatoes. She was like a different oh, human being. Oh, and I was doing it? Literally a yep. different human being. She was chirpy. She was free. Free of that itchy arsehole it, she had. It's, it's true. It's, it's true. Like, outside of just the irritability, like, just not having your body constantly reacting to something inside makes you sleep better. Mm. It just, it, it, it fixes everything for sure. <laughs> well, we've plugged you things. Uh, is there anything else you yeah. want to get in? Um, come back to Kickstarter, tapewormgame.com, or better yet, dickknots.com. I cannot believe I got that URL for $8. <laughs> dickknots.com wow um it's a bargain i know i know and then hopefully later this year if um if all goes well repentance will be dropping you got repentance and after that i will be working no because i yeah repentance repentance you just had bumbo as well so people should check out bumbo that was what yeah. six months ago a bit longer than that a little longer than six months ago like eight months ago and then we might get mugenics in the next decade. Oh, you will. You will. It will happen. It's been, I'm very proud of what we're working on right it's now. It's been happening I just wish for we could a decade now, isn't it? Eugenics. Well, technically, technically, long story short, um, uh, I was working on eugenics when the Binding of Isaac started. The reason why I made the Binding of Isaac was to prototype some sort of roguelike 
Okay. So I could get my feet in the water for Mugenics, which was going to be the bigger roguelike, the bigger ultimate random experience that I was going to do with Team Meat. But I was the only one who was really into doing it. So it like stopped within eight months. So we're pushing really hard. We're showing at places. And it was probably maybe two years from being finished. Mm. And nothing, 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 nothing. And I couldn't do anything about it until much later when I left the company. Now, So now I'm working on it with Tyler Glale, who uh, programmed the N is 9. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, yeah. It's, we've been working on it on and off for about a year now. Uh, he's been mostly doing foundational stuff like programming the engine and uh, genetic. It's already at a place that's yeah. <laughs> it's already at a place that's that that's really good, and I think uh, um, I think it's going to be great. But yeah, it'll probably be a few years out, but uh, it'll be impossible to miss because I will be pushing the fuck out of it when it finally. Well, hits. speaking as someone who's just spent the last forty-five days trying to grow hybrid flowers in Animal Crossing, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. I'm in already. You know, sounds good. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Well, that, my friends, was bloody great. I really enjoyed that. Um, But being such a fanboy, I have no way to be objective about it. And because Andrea is such a fanboy uh, girl, fangirl, I think she's a girl. We've not kissed yet. After six years, we're, gonna, we're saving that for the seven-year anniversary. I don't mind either way, to be fair. She's fun. I think that's all that matters. Um, but yeah, because she's such a fan, she can't be objective. So I have no clue as to whether this was good or bad. I think it was great. But definitely go check out the Kickstarter. Check out all of Edmund's work. But he seems so excited about what physical real-world games can do from the player social point of view but also from the creative standpoint the immediacy of the creation um yeah definitely worth checking it out and andrew has already bought it she bought the pink box so i think maybe not the base tier but the one up i don't know she she spent like 70 dollars on some cake the other day so i don't really know what's going on in in her mind but yeah so i look forward to getting to play it 
in 2022 when the lockdown's over. Thank you once again for coming by and humoring my nonsense. It does a lot for my mental health. I'm, I'm going to make this outro all about me, but it's stressful, this world of ours. I think, I don't know if you guys have noticed. I think, I think some of you are waking up to this world is a bit of a pain in the dick, you know? And, uh, cause I'm a fairly isolated person having these moments where I get to talk to another human being for some reason I don't know it's good it's almost like humans are some form of social animal I don't know I don't know although cats are better than people let's just accept that cats are better than people don't even at me but at me because social media engagement is what I live for (laughs) I I have nothing else to say next episode two weeks time don't know who it is I've got an idea I've got an idea guys but I haven't asked them yet. I'll do it now, shall I? I'll send them an email now. Did you did you hit the the review button? Did you give me a score out of five? It's five, by the way, in your podcast app yet. You're meant to do that. You're also meant to write reviews. But don't write anything bad. Like, just say good things. Like, Dan's time management was excellent. And things like that. If you've got nothing good to say... He was always prompt with the delivery of his podcast, you know? Things like that. It'll be great. A bit of passive-aggressive podcast reviewing. I don't know how many of you get to this point. Like, genuinely, like, I rarely get to the outro of a podcast. When the, the chat ends, I don't think I've ever listened to an outro. So, yeah, let me know if you uh, get here. The magic word the secret magic word is aubergine okay work that into a sentence with me anyway i'll fuck off should i i should just go anyway have a lovely one stay well stay safe and stay the fucking doors peace i haven't said peace like that in ages i enjoyed it bye